The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network and TheGorillaPosition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegorillaposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, and now in association with IndiePW.com. We are sponsored by CollarNevilleBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. And also in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JKPODCAST. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TB Talk Pod. To listen to the podcast, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all those other podcasts out there as well. As always, I'm Big Joe. And I'm Carl Carafel. All right, Carl, another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling. Corey Graves and Moro Ronaldo, there's been uh, more kind of going on with the situation. He has formally apologized tomorrow. Do you buy this apology, or is this, um, is there some ulterior motive or what's your whole take on, on him apologizing for the all these shenanigans here? I don't believe that there's any alternative motive to this or anything like that at all. Uh, do I think it was sincere? No, I, I don't think that it was sincere at all. We all know Corey Graves is a guy who just speaks his mind. We get it. Mm-hmm. We understand that. So for him to come out there and say, Oh, I'm sorry. I hurt somebody's feelings. Um, just, just didn't seem uh, not necessarily appropriate, but just didn't seem genuine at all. Yeah, and Moro's apparently really in, in rough shape again with this. Um, and on social media, news-wise, I've seen so much going back and forth on either side of, uh, of this uh, debate on this whole thing. Well, people are like, oh, Moro's just being a crybaby, and people are saying, oh, no, no, this guy is genuinely uh, depressed. And, and for myself, it's one of those things where it's difficult to talk about uh, because I think when you're in such this kind of limelight like that, I think maybe if you're somebody who can't really maybe take the pressure, then maybe maybe it's time to maybe step away or or maybe to maybe take a, a role that maybe doesn't have you out there with the public all the time. Maybe so, but this could be his way of coping and his way of yep. getting over sure. all of this. This might be his avenue and his outlet to uh, take those feelings and put those feelings out. We all know the emotion and the strength behind everything that Mauro Ronaldo says, especially mm-hmm. when he's on the microphone for any match. It doesn't matter. It could be uh, a match uh, where a donkey and a giraffe are <laughs> in the ring and yep. he is going to give it his absolute oh, yeah. everything and all and it, it, to me, it just seems like this is a uh, outlet for him to take those those feelings uh, that he's got and kind of push them aside and bring out something good to make him feel good instead of feeling the way that he does. 
A question for you. I'm curious in your take on this. Do you think that there's some legitimate bullying that kind of goes on in WWE when it comes to not only commentators, but talent and whatnot, and with people being relatively new versus people being there for a while? Is, is this kind of an issue that's kind of creeping up on us here and it's become more prevalent thanks to the story? I don't think that just because of this story mm-hmm. um, that we're that we're we're seeing it. I think that that's just the society that we're living in nowadays. Um, yeah. This is something that has been in the world of not only just professional wrestling but professional sports for decades. This isn't something new. Uh, bullying inside of the workplace, especially uh, in in a sports environment, this isn't something new, people. This has been there all the time. Very true. It's just other people coped with it in better ways or different ways and, uh, you know, didn't bring it to light and didn't talk about it and stuff like that. Whereas now we're seeing more of a uh, society where it's being told that we need to talk about it. We need to bring this out. We need to make sure that, you know, people's feelings are being are being shown and that uh, people aren't just stewing in their own juices and, and getting to the point where, you know, something, uh, you know, fatal or, or, you know, bad can happen. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of the situation that I think that we're in. And just because of that and how that is coming out in society that we're starting to see more and more of it. And I hope that we can see a really positive outcome to this because this is something that's getting quite a bit of press, even just outside of the professional wrestling bubble here. And you had mentioned, you know, that this is fairly commonplace, not just in professional wrestling, professional sports, uh, workplaces in general. You know, maybe this can kind of shed some light on the situation and give it a, a bigger platform. And maybe we can see some improvements, maybe some legislation, some laws uh, to put it more in place to, to kind of get this to a point where people don't need to be afraid when they go into their workplace, whether it's going to an office building, whether it's going and working at a, um, a home improvement place, or whether you're a professional wrestler wrestling in a ring, or whether you're commentating a professional wrestling match, you should feel comfortable doing what you're doing. You're definitely right there. Um, and there are policies and laws and stuff like that, that that are in place. But I mean, no matter what, it's it, it's going to happen. There's gun laws, sure, but we still see mass shootings. True, very true. Right? Yeah. There's laws against uh, minors smoking, but we still see minors having a cigarette. Very true. Right? So it's it's kind of hard. How much more regulations and legislations can we put onto something? We're never going to be able to make everything 100% safe. It's not going to happen. Uh, a, a very good point. Um, so hopefully Morrow can kind of bounce back and we can see him back on, on XT because he is really kind of the voice of the commentary team there. So uh, looking forward to hopefully he'll come back and hopefully he'll uh, continue to have some success there. So going yeah, from the- I mean, sometimes <laughs> it just it's just time. Yeah. That's all it is. For sure. I mean, even even Alexa Bliss had put out a tweet, um, I believe it was today or yesterday, uh, that just pretty much said, I'm taking two days mm-hmm. or, or three days, and I'm just laying on my couch, and I'm watching Disney+, Plus, and I am just doing this for me because that's what I need, right? And 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 that's something that, that is out there for everybody. Anybody can do that. You need a couple days, you go to your employer and say, yeah. I need a couple days. You want me at 100%, I need a couple days. Mm-hmm. And most employers are going to say, all right, let's fit in a couple days for you. <laughs> go and get rested up, do what you got to do, and come back to work. Hey, right. Even just recently for myself, they had me schedule on for, they want me to do like an 11 
day in a row stretch. I was just like, not happening. I said, you know, I have some vacation time booked or vacation time available. I'm taking a few days because 11 in a row, I mean, that would have just burned me right out. So, and they would, yeah. like you said, they went along with it. So in most, most workplaces, I think you can kind of recognize when maybe they're pushing you a little too hard. And then, you know, sometimes as employees, we got to push back a little bit to, uh, you know, fight for what's uh, right for us. So Nice. So going from that to something that... Uh, it, it, it's interesting and, and a real big head scratcher for me, and it has to do with Bray Wyatt. Now, for, for those who have been paying attention recently, you know that this is the guy that's probably the most over with, in the company right now, selling the most merch, even though he's kind of a bit of a bad guy. But that's kind of beside the point. Um, a new piece of novelty merch kind of came out for uh, this guy here. And... It's basically, you can go online, you can find pictures of it. It's essentially a a replica of a belt with his face on it. But the real kicker with this thing is the price of this thing here, Carl. And I'm just pulling this up here to make sure that I'm uh, telling you guys the right amount here. It is selling right now on the WWE.com shop for, this is an American funds, to the best of my knowledge, $6,499.99. Um, now there is something that, that people are leaving out about the story. This is a limited run, kind of a special edition type of a thing, but does this company not know what their fans and what their uh, people who like their product, what they can afford? This is something that's just way out of the price range for basically anybody who watches their product. It definitely is. This is something that is only going to appeal to a certain number of people. Um, it's individually numbered. Um, yep. It's handmade, handcrafted. Yep. Um, just to kind of give you the the quick rundown on it, it is being uh, designed and handcrafted by Tom Savini. Uh, Tom Savini Studios, yep. um, the godfather of gore is what he's called. He's a special effects, special effects artist. Um He's good. They sculpted it with detail and stuff like that. Um, the mask on it or the face on it is latex skin and acrylic eyes. Um, it's regular size belts. The height on it is like uh, 12 inches. It weighs seven pounds, eight ounces. Yep. Each one is individually numbered with a certificate of authenticity hand signed by Tom Savini. Um, no two of them will be identical because they are being handmade. Each one of them. And each one of them is on a genuine leather strap. Mm -hmm. Now, for those of you who don't know Tom Savini, he has done a lot of different things from Friday the 13th, Dawn of the Dead, Creepshow, Day of the Dead, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Um, Huge, huge name inside of the uh, horror industry. Now, his previous collaborations that he's done with WWE uh, have been from like the crowns and masks for Triple H and Stephanie, Mm -hmm. the Wyatt family sheep masks, the hammers and the masks for the Bludgeon Brothers and the Fiends mask as well, plus the lantern and the Firefly Funhouse puppets. So this guy is is honestly he's a master at what he definitely does. But really, (laughs) really one yeah, like your average that... customer can't afford that. No. Cannot. And two, okay, I'm gonna stop for a second. Joe, tell me what you think. What do you think about this belt? At first glance, I'm, I'm looking at a picture of it now, Carl, and I gotta say, like it's 
it, it, it's hard because it's so different than anything else that belt-wise that I've seen in professional wrestling. And I just can't wrap my head around the price of it. I, I mean, you had mentioned, you know, who has made it and all of the backstory and the custom nature of it and everything like that. To me, it's still just, it, it just doesn't justify the price of it. We're looking at almost $7,000 for a, uh, for a novelty wrestling belt. I mean, that's, that, that's a hard thing to justify there. <laughs> Definitely it is. Um, I'm going to give my thoughts. I, 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 I don't like this at all. No. This, I mean, I get it. It's a, it's a total novelty thing, but like, this is supposed to be what the the, the universal championship now. Hmm. Um, it, it looks absolutely nothing like a championship title belt to hmm. me. It says nothing about being a champion on it. Um, it's got the hurt heel uh, words written on it. Um, the belt itself even just kind of looks like a weight, like a weightlifting belt with some stuff added onto it. Yeah. Um, it's not even like. Uh, snap buckles on the side it's more of like belt buckle style a uh, double belt buckle style which it's just i don't know i am not i'm not a fan of this at all and and i know that there are some people out there that are loving this and loving the look of it and and stuff like that but for me i'm just not a fan not a fan of this at all and for me, especially when I see that price there, it's, to me, it's just an example of the, this company just being tone deaf to what their audience uh, is about and, and, you know, what they can afford and what they can sit through and what they can watch. I mean, just when you, when you look at the, the bulk of the, the, their fans being relatively young people, uh, could you just imagine a kid going to his parents and saying, hey, can you buy this $7,000 wrestling belt for me? Uh, the parents aren't going to go for this unless they uh, have limitless uh, money. Right? Yeah, it's it totally not something that is in the grasp of the everyday consumer. If, if it was in the maybe in the hundreds of dollars, I can, you know, maybe then see maybe it's something that's more in reach for the average fan out there. But this is just a way, way beyond. Yeah, very much so. So we'll see if maybe they can maybe make a version of this that is more accessible to people. But even if they do do that and pull this to me, it just, it, it's then it was kind of admitting to, it has kind of a double pronged effect there where you're basically, you're admitting defeat or that you made a mistake if you replace it with something else at this point. So it, it honestly, it's kind of a lose, lose, no matter which way you kind of look at it. Well, I don't think that they would even uh, remove this one. I think that they would just, you know, for those collectors out there, they can go and buy this collector's edition, and then it's going to be something that, that's a little bit more sought after mm -hmm. years down the road kind of thing. But you go and you make a, um affordable replica mm -hmm. of this, uh, mass-produced with Tom Savini's blessing, whatever, right? You mass-produce it uh, in a cheaper way like they did uh, back in the day with their championship title belts the yeah. two millimeter thick plates and uh very tiny plates on them and mm -hmm. uh, you know stuff like that the fake leather and uh you know all of this you, you do that and then you sell it for four or five hundred bucks people are gonna you know then be a little bit more apt to buy it but you're gonna have that market you you do have a market for those who are, are hardcore collectors and especially if they are a wrestling fan and a horror fan so yeah 
So yeah, we'll see what uh, kind of uh, comes to that uh, and, uh, as, as time, as time kind of goes here. Now, recently we did see a few returns, which were um, kind of interesting. Uh, the, the, the main one that uh, has me interested of, of all of them is uh, Seamus. Uh, coming back, looking like the old... Uh, the older Seamus not looking quite as stupid. Uh, for those who know when he first came back with that Mohawk thing that uh, you look stupid chant, uh, really started to uh, to kind of uh, go on there. Now he just seems to be kind of rolling back to just, uh, hey, let's just bring back the regular Seamus that people liked. And we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm digging go, uh, going back to that uh, to that look that we're, most of us are familiar with and kind of doing away with uh, the Mohawk stuff there. So... Interested to see what he'll do because I think he's somebody that's been overlooked for quite a while, and um, I always thought Seamus was pretty good. So I'll be uh, watching to see what they uh, do with him. Maybe they can do something in the Rumble or something with him. Definitely, during during the Rumble, that would be amazing to have him come out and, and you know, uh, not necessarily maybe break a record of how many people are thrown over, but just kind of show him as that bigger kind of strong guy that he is. Uh, very nice to see the. Uh, old look come back he's looking refreshed actually very much so um there were two other superstars and this is all on smackdown Mm -hmm. uh three superstars made their return and people have been talking about uh, well at least two of them i've been hearing about um one seamus Mm -hmm. two alexa bliss came back um you know is is still partnering up with uh Nikki Cross. Yeah. So that is still a thing. People were a little bit concerned and worried what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's come back and everything is good there. And then the one that seems to be uh, on the back burner that nobody's really talking about is Elias yeah. has made his return as well. So some good names coming back to SmackDown, making their returns, and it'll be interesting to see what all of them can bring to maybe help elevate SmackDown a little bit more since moving to Fox. And with Elias, too, I'm really hoping that they can uh, shift more towards doing more wrestling in the ring and less of this uh, stuff of, uh, you know, the vignettes and the uh, the, the uh, just playing the guitar at the beginning. I, I get that it was part of his character, but I always felt like they... They shifted too far in that direction and kind of really left out a lot of the wrestling stuff. When I, when I, I, th- I think that the guy's a decent worker in the ring, and if they could kind of elevate that, that aspect of it, you, know, you could really have something there. But it, just, it, it feels like they've focused too much on character, and the wrestling was left to the wayside. Definitely, I would have to agree. Um, if I can make one suggestion to these writers, go back and take a look at Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett was amazing in that role that he had where he would play the guitar he would come out there with the guitar but he still put on amazing performances and wrestling matches and i think that we definitely could see the same thing with elias if given the opportunity and things are written properly absolutely so before we do our match of the week segment, this wasn't originally on the run, but I just wanted to make a brief mention to it because I thought there was a couple of other things that we can kind of talk about with the most recent episode of AEW Dynamite. Uh, we did see your least favorite referee kind of uh, back in action there. Uh, still definitely seeing that uh, they, they really need to tone back what he's doing, the reacting to everything happening in the ring, every punch and everything like that. They really, really need to tone that down with that guy. And the, the other thing that I picked up on this, and I'm sure a lot of other 
the people listening um, or watching the show, sorry, maybe didn't necessarily pick up on this, but as somebody who sits through and edits audio uh, for two different podcasts here every week and somebody who really uh, listens to, to fine details in, um, in audio recordings and whatnot, during the show, I don't know if you picked up on this, Carl, but it felt like they, they had a microphone under the ring and it felt like it was like right there and it was turned up too high because you could hear like every little creak and crack and movement and it really uh, kind of took me out of things a little bit. I don't know if you picked up on that at all. I did pick up on it just a little bit. You're right. Um, I don't know if there was a mic underneath that ring or if the uh, the microphones on the cameras maybe were a little bit too high or maybe that camera that's on the uh, ring post, um, that one maybe was up a little bit too high and kind of hearing everything reverb yeah. through the uh, ring post. I don't know what it was, but yeah, you're right. There was a, it, it seemed a little bit more prominent this week than it has in weeks past. Mm-hmm. Like it, it almost felt like they had maybe like a like a blue Yeti mic, like one of those mics that just like picks up like all the background noise and everything. And then they had it. It feels like they like they had it so close there. And and even on uh, commentary and even some of the guys talking in the ring, you could hear it. Just sounded like the the audio into uh, the production was a little off this last week. They, they they did a lot of good stuff there, but to me that was just kind of the one hitch. That uh, especially hearing everything to do with the ring there, it, it did take me out of things a little bit. You know what? I think I understand what happened. What's that? Somebody in production turned up the wrong microphone. <laughs> it's possible. Instead of turning up the microphone on Maybe. this uh, uh, elusive, mysteriously disappearing commentator. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that. They turned up the mic on something else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's what it seems like to me. It, uh, that, that definitely uh, very well could be the case. Okay, before we do our showstopper segment for the week here, Carl, let's do our match of the week segment, which has also become a very popular uh, segment here. Um, I'll let you go first. Uh, what's your pick for match of the week? Match of the week for me, you people have not even seen it yet, but I will tell you, you people will be able to see this matchup. This is actually coming from local independent wrestling that happened here on Sunday night. This was a phenomenal show. We'll get into this a little bit afterwards, but match of the week for me anyways, and I'm sure you all will agree once you see it as well. We had CWE champion. um, They're calling him the Horror King Vincent. Mm -hmm. Um, We're talking Vinny Marsalia. Yes. And the number one, Brian Johnson, um, worker in the ROH dojo and in ROH, uh, defeated the Juice, Juventud Guerrera, and hometown boy, the Sin City Saint, Vinny Da Vinci. Nice. Um, in this matchup, it was just everything played so nicely together into everything. Hoobie was originally uh, scheduled to team with Hotshot Danny Duggan, mm-hmm. who made his way out to the ring. And before uh, competing, before even getting into the ring, um, Vincent stopped and said, hey, what are you doing? Are you sure you want to get into this ring? Um, we all know, we talked about a while ago that he was in a car accident um, and that it was flipped over. That was brought up by Vincent. Um, the Horror King actually had a plastic bag and uh, said, um, you know, I'll use this plastic bag to suffocate you and waterboard you like you were. Uh, you know, a, wow. a while ago and, and bring wow. you back to that and, and kept saying, I'm in your head. You know, I am. I'm in your head. And then Danny actually left and uh, didn't return at all. 
So Hoovy had to go and find himself an opponent or a, a tag team partner and ran to the back and uh, grabbed uh, Vinny Da Vinci and pulled him out. So when you guys see it, I'm sure you'll agree. It was in a phenomenal match. Everything was great about it. And I'm guaranteeing you, you guys will be able to see it. So, yeah, some interesting psychology going on there. Now I've heard you talk about it. It's uh, interesting what they did there. Um, for me, my match of the week comes from AEW Dynamite from this past weekend. And of course, we were talking about the match with Kenny Omega and Pac here. I, I really enjoyed, you know, this was basically a rematch because, of course, Pac had beaten Kenny Omega previously. Kenny getting the win on, on him this time. Great back and forth. Exactly what you would expect out of these two guys. Uh, and it looks like there's going to actually be a third match now, now that uh, they've each taken one, Pac is like, you know, I, I, I gave you a rematch, now you give me a rematch. And we're going to see who uh, who wins the who <laughs> wins overall here. So some really good stuff kind of going on there. And each time that these two guys step in the ring, it's always phenomenal. It definitely is. And that was a great match as well. I'm still so hyped about everything that All Elite Wrestling is doing. Um, even at this independent show that I was at, people were talking about All Elite Wrestling. Um, so it's it's been very well received with uh, with fans and even fans who uh, were not fans right now, but were in the past. So it's really starting to, to, to build and people are really starting to get behind it. So happy to hear that uh, your pick was from AEW. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm glad that you mentioned them because I almost forgot to, to for us to talk about before we took the break. You read that, that as you mentioned the CW show uh, there at Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, we did mention the one match. That's not all that happened there. Uh, give us a little bit more of an overall kind of, uh, of the, whole, the whole deal there. The whole deal was phenomenal. I mean, Danny and and the CWE always put on an amazing show every time that they come. Uh, this happened at Sue Blaster here in Sault Ste. Marie, and it was pretty much a sold-out show. There were, from what I'm being told, there was a little over 300 people at this independent event. So I'll run through the card here. There was only uh, five matches that happened, but it was a packed night of action so we had wild horse tko ryan he was victorious over xwx germany star the hamburg heartthrob norman harris and then we had the masterpiece of the east alex zwicker scoring a pinfall over the headline sean martins in an intergender match now unfortunately this match was supposed to be crystal moon versus alex zwicker Uh, Crystal Moon, unfortunately, had uh, sustained a concussion uh, just a couple of days prior and was not able to make the date. So, little unfortunate, uh, considering Crystal Moon is actually a hometown girl as well. She was born and raised in Sault Ste. Marie and then moved down to southern Ontario to get her uh, professional wrestling training. Mm -hmm. And then... Match number three, we talked about already that amazing tag team match that happened. So much going on in this. It was just phenomenal to see. Then we had the CWE Canadian Unified Junior Heavyweight Champion, the Zombie Princess, Jimmy Jacobs, retaining his belt against uh, local guy, Matt Powers. So this was almost like a proving ground match for Matt Powers. He is a uh, young guy in the business still and uh, was given a shot and an opportunity and uh, really pulled it out. And I think that we may be seeing some more from Matt Powers. And then in the main event of the night, a very emotional 
matchup that happened. We saw the Sin City Saints, Vinny Da Vinci, going up against his brother, his cousin, whatever you want to say, his longtime tag team partner, Diego Da Vinci, in what is Diego's retirement match. Awesome back and forth match between the two of them. They've worked together for so long that they definitely know each other's moves and are able to anticipate absolutely everything that was coming at them. Vinny Da Vinci getting the pin over Diego. At the very end of the matchup, we did see Vinny on the mic saying that he does love his brother and that he is so happy that the matchup was able to happen and extended the hand and said, shake my hand, give me a hug, and I love you. So at the end of the night, we got to see the two of them shake the hand, give a hug, and the night ended with Diego Da Vinci in the ring as the crowd had an immense amount of signs that said, thank you, Diego. Very nice and emotional to see. Great send-off for Diego Da Vinci in his retirement match. Now, we did learn that CWE will be returning to Sault Ste. Marie Sunday, May 24th, on their 11th anniversary tour. Nice, and I do know that uh, they are venturing down uh, as far as Toronto and whatnot. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, Danny can come even a little bit further, maybe to the southwest over to where I am in Brantford, Ontario, Canada, and I can uh, uh, see some CWE around this area. So fingers crossed that that can happen. And I know they, they want to start going out east as well. So things are yes. looking really good for CWE, and I'm happy for Danny and all the guys over there. They continue to work hard, and uh, we're seeing some really good success here, and I'm happy for those guys. Me too. All right, Carl, we're going to take a brief break here. We're going to come back with our Showstopper segment, and we're going to talk funky commentators. We'll be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by Collar Neville. Visit CollarNeville.com where you can get an additional 10% off when using promo code JKPodcast at the checkout, including this week's featured item, the Mirror Pullover Hoodie. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl back here on Turnbuckle Talk. That's right, guys, and that is Carl Carafel back here with Big Joe. And we are at that great time of our podcast. Everybody loves this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Show Stoppers segment. This week, I figured we'd touch on something that, uh, you know, we touched on referees last week, which they, they, they tend to they don't necessarily get ignored in professional wrestling, but they're usually not a, a focal point or a main uh, topic of conversation. I thought we would talk about some commentary people. And what, what kind of got me going with this was, if you watched the, the most recent episode of AEW Dynamite, you may have noticed something a little kind of odd when it comes to commentary. They they brought in the, well, the usual two guys. They have there are, are Jim Ross, Excalibur, and of course, um, I can't for some reason I can't think of the third guy's name right now. It used to be Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone. Thank you, Carl. Um, Schiavone, I guess, had some prior commitments. Uh, I think with uh, college football uh, commentary. So they brought in this guy named Marco Solis Martinez, and. Uh, this was clearly this guy's first time being on national television, and I get that. But at the same time, too, I don't think that this guy had any wrestling commentary experience whatsoever. Like he said, maybe two or three lines, and like it was just like he was just sitting on his hands. 
Yeah, he very much so felt out of place. Yeah. He, you could even he felt out of place. You could even like you you could see that and feel that in in everything that you saw, um, and even tried to hear. Um, it just so felt out of place, and uh, yeah, um, he left after the first match. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he actually, you, you could, you could kind of hear over, he's like, okay guys, thanks. This was, uh, this was great. Peace out. And, and, and like he was just gone and they didn't mention anything more about it. It was just, yep. Okay. Jim Ross and Excalibur just continue on guys. Now what, what has me a little concerned about this is, uh, when you look at the visual, I'm actually looking at the picture, the, the still uh, of it. And actually there's a little joke on the top of when you lie about your resume and you, but you still get the job. Um, under his name, it says All Elite Fleet Announcer. Now, this has me wondering, are they going to do this more often where they're just bringing in random people to be on commentary? I don't know. I hope uh, not. What is All Elite Fleet? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't found anything about that. Uh, me either. Like, yeah. I, I really don't know. Yeah. All Elite Fleet. Yeah. All Elite Fleet Announcer. I'm thinking maybe it's people maybe trying to break into the business and maybe they give them a little shot or something. But uh, hopefully, you know, it, it, we don't get too much more of this. So, you know, if you're going to bring in somebody as a guest announcer, they've got, they, they, they got to have some kind of experience. Or, you know, or they got to they got to try and figure out, hey, are these people legitimate? Or is this uh, somebody that just wanted to get on TV and get their, you know, 15 seconds of fame in there? I think I think that's exactly what it was. Now, what what, what did they say he was? He was the, the uh, all elite fleet what announcer? All announcer elite fleet announcer. Um, okay, so from what I'm seeing, there there is uh, on tntdrama.com. dot mm-hmm. um, It's there's a newsletter. Are you all elite? Join the fleet. Uh-oh. The all elite wrestling era starts now. You can be among the first to join the revolution. <laughs> Sign up for. AEW's All Elite Fleet for the latest news, videos, merchandise offers, event on sale announcements, chances to win big prizes, and more. This is something that I had no idea even about. I knew nothing about this. So it's looking as though this guy might be the face and voice of (laughs) this, the All Elite Fleet. If, If that's the case, I mean... They stumbled out of the gate and face planted flat on the floor with that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's about all I can say. And, and the last time something like this happened, I guess it was probably a little bit more. Um, you, we just saw a lot more of him. It was when Mike Adamley came into the WWE. Of course, I know he was famous uh, being part of American Gladiators and it was very good in that. And then they brought him in, but he had no experience with professional wrestling. Uh, didn't know the guy's names. Um, Jamaican me crazy, uh, Jeff Harvey, just a couple yeah. of his, uh, his catchphrases <laughs> there. And, um, Cena had some fun with him, uh, you know, kind of almost mockingly. And I know, uh, uh Stephanie and uh, Vince like to have fun with him too. And, but I mean, at least he, I think kind of noticed that, you know, that he wasn't quite fitting there and just kind of roll with the punches. Uh, with this guy, I mean, I would hope that this is just a one-time thing. Um, if they bring in anybody else uh, under this all elite fleet thing, at least check and see if they've actually had some experience. Because when you put them ag- against world class guys like Jr. and Excalibur, when you bring in a guy like this, like it, it, he stands out like a porcupine in a nudist colony. How about this for an idea? <laughs> if Tony Schiavone or Jim Ross mm-hmm. or Excalibur 
have prior commitments that they have to do. We just run with a two-man commentary team. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You read my mind. Honestly, this three-person commentary team is really starting to like pop up absolutely everywhere, and I am not a fan of it. All you need is two guys having a third person there almost seems like that third person is just a third wheel that is really like going through a motion, but not really doing and helping in any aspect at all. All three of them are amazing. They're great on commentary. Now, if one of them has to be gone for whatever reason, the other one can do the job like Jim Ross and, Excalibur can do amazing. Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross can do amazing. Excalibur and Tony Schiavone can do amazing. All of them can do amazing in a two-man combination. We don't need to have a third random person who doesn't know anything come in there. Yeah, and I mean, we look at some of... Best commentary teams of all time. I'll, I'll just take two that stand up personally to myself. We have, they're both beginning from WWE. We had JR and Jerry the King Lawler, a two man booth. Didn't need to have more than that. Um, we look at Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura. Again, another two man uh, operation there. Just when you, when you have more than that, like you said, that third person occasionally gets in there, but there's always somebody that just kind of. Like you said, it's almost kind of sitting on the sidelines. It's almost kind of like a third wheel. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's 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 hard in in a three team uh, commentary because like you're you're trying not to talk over the other person, but then like it, it it happens, and then it sounds just just really bad because now you've got you know one person trying to say something, the other person trying to say something, and then one person's kind of going, okay, yeah, yeah, just talk. Yeah, you go ahead this time, and and then you know like it just. I don't know. That's how it seems to me. It seems like they just kind of, you know, are, are, are bowing out, you know, whoever is bowing out. And, and it, it seems to be Excalibur that continues to do that because, I mean, while Excalibur has done commentary before, um, not to the level that Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone have done it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard just because it seems like. You know, he's the one that's always kind of sitting back and, and, you know, having to it would have been awesome like it was when we saw this latest episode of Dynamite to have Excalibur being able to talk and express himself more with Jim Ross than to just kind of sit back. So I, I, I'm happy with that. And I hope that that kind of continues. Don't bring in a third person. It's not needed. If you have to run with two commentators. Just run with the two commentators. And, and if you need that, that third kind of guy they should call on, and for whatever reason his name escapes me, he's uh, the commentary on, on Impact. Uh, and uh, His name kind of escapes me at the moment. Um, it'd be somebody that they could bring. They used him at, at All In, but I, can't, I, I honestly forget the guy. You're talking Don Callis? Don Callis, thank you. Yes. Yes, bring in Don Callis. The, at least bring in somebody that can talk. Unlike me today, which I'm, I, I'm feeling a little under the weather, so... <laughs> <laughs> it happened. I can't even remember people's names. <clears throat> <laughs> Anyways, 
Uh, before we go, uh, Carl, uh, there are some other things that weren't originally on the run. I just want to make a brief mention to sure. um, Tommaso Ciampa has said that uh, he basically does not want to have a main roster run because he feels that um, it wouldn't be worth it for him or his family and, and all that. That He would rather become a coach or a producer rather than go over to the main roster. So it looks like he will be staying in, uh, in NXT, which I think is the smart move for him. And going forward, I, I like that, that approach. I do as well. And yeah. honestly, I hope that that's um, kind of the mindset that a few more take as well. Uh, we don't necessarily really need, um, you know, to have these stars of NXT making their way to the main roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of these stars that are in NXT have been in the independent scene or in other companies for a long while. So we've seen them, you know, for throughout the years and we know what they can do. And we know that things are just going to get lost in the main roster. So that mindset of I don't need the main roster. I'm good here or doing something backstage or coaching or helping, whatever. I think that's phenomenal. Good on him. Mm-hmm. Now, something else with WWE, and this was uh, quite surprising, but not at the same time because I know that they have pulled a lot of talent from this company before. Now, WWE over in the UK, they, they do kind of almost kind of partner up with like Evolve and Progress and that kind of stuff where they're even allowing their talent to kind of compete for those companies. Uh, we're looking at possibly, this is, it was really surprising, Carl, we're looking at a possibly a working relationship between WWE and Ring of Honor Wrestling. Uh, it looks like they may be even looking at doing this fairly soon with uh, guys like Mike Kanellis and Oni Lorcan, um, letting them go over compete for Ring of Honor occasionally. So could be looking at some type of working relationship with uh, those two companies, and I think that that could really benefit Ring of Honor going forward to kind of get them out of this funk that they're in. I think it would be phenomenal for them to be able to have some of these names from the WWE go over there because we know that the WWE is still the biggest company out there. We know that they are still the draw. The names from the WWE are still the draw no matter what. So to have a star from the WWE be shown on promotional material for a Ring of Honor show will only help boost Ring of Honor. And, I mean, you just look at a lot of the top tier talent in WWE, a lot of them are ring of honor alumni. So there's definitely a connection already there. So it, uh, yes. it's not that far fetched an idea and we'll see if it happens. And the last kind of thing that I want to bring up here is if you watched AEW uh, dynamite this past week, there was something that really kind of stood out here that I, don't, I think a lot of people are kind of ignoring this person. She was involved in the women's tag team match. And I'm talking about Chris Statlander. She is going to be somebody to watch going forward. Um, if you have a chance, go back and watch that match. You know, kind of see what I'm talking about. She's going to be somebody I think that's going to be important in that company and can help boost that women's division there and maybe make it more of a focal point because they, they've, they've done some stuff with the women's division, but it, it's like they, they continue to drop the ball there. And I think somebody like her can help kind of uh, elevate that a little bit more. Definitely, I agree. I'm very happy to see some some new names and some freshness coming into the women's division with All Elite Wrestling. This is great to see, and I'm very happy about it. All right, Carl, that about wraps up for this week, and we will wait. Oh, there's it does more. not. Oh, oh, you got something else? I do. What do we got? So we're gonna let the speculations fly right now. Okay. If you guys are on social media, go to our Facebook, Instagram, and our Twitter at TB Talk Pod. And you guys will have seen this on our Facebook page. We had Kenny Omega mm. sharing out a photo of Marty Skrull saying Marty Skrull is now a free agent. Yep. 
So it is legitimate, people. Marty Skrull is a free agent as of Sunday night. And Kenny Omega sharing it out to the world. So take that in for a couple of minutes. Let the speculations start to fly. Um, it's, it's very interesting. This is one of those big names within the professional wrestling industry that people are going to be going yeah, where's he going? And they're going to continue to watch this. And believe us, we are definitely going to be watching this to see what happens with Marty Skrull and where he is going to land. All I will say is if he does go to All Elite, let him kind of do his own thing there. If he, if he joins the Elite, like if he goes back with the Young Bucks and whatnot, uh, I fear for how things could go there. But I, I think he's good pretty much wherever he ends up. NXT is a real possibility because his girlfriend uh, wrestles for NXT. New Japan is is a um, definitely a thing there because he has already a connection with the Bullet Club there. Honestly, he could do well wherever he goes. Just in the AEW, let him do the villain enterprises. Maybe he can team up with the, the Butcher and the Blade, the guys that they debuted there. That Just briefly on that, that was a really weird... That went over like a funeral with that crowd. These guys didn't <laughs> no idea who those people were. Yeah, <laughs> just saying. That's right. Yeah. That's the problem. They had absolutely no idea no who they are. No setup whatsoever on that. So, yeah, maybe that could be a new villain enterprises. Maybe you can bring those guys into that group. Maybe that's the setup for it. Who knows? Who knows? But all I know mm-hmm. is that I am a little impartial to this, and I sincerely hope that Marty Skrull, on his own, does make his way into a. EW because then in January of 2020 when I am on the Jericho cruise I will finally be able to meet one of my favorites and possibly my all-time favorite right now in Marty Skrull yeah I mean I'm even wearing the Villain Enterprises shirt right now uh, although my personal pick for him would be New Japan Pro Wrestling but uh, hey we'll see um, I'm hoping that the news will break on it soon so we can talk about it because I'm really 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 curious to see where he ends up because it's it's really kind of the talk of the industry right at the moment even it definitely if- is so hopefully people next week you will be able to find out as we have as well yeah go and follow us because I'm sure we will put it out there onto our social media at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as soon as the news hits. Yes, absolutely. Okay, now we can end off this week, Carl, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Have a nice day. It's me, it's me. It's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I'd like everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have content, especially lit up by the flagship show, Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run.